This is the Jets-centric podcast, your home for Winnipeg Jets, talk, thoughts, and takes. Hey there, Jets fans. Welcome back to another episode, another roundtable episode of the Jet-Centric Podcast. I'm AJ, and I'm here with Daniel. Hola. There he is. He's gonna he's doing our Spanish for the uh, t- today, and then Ryan, he's going to be doing the French. Ryan, are you there? Bonjour. Okay. All right. Just, so remember, to press, <laughs> just remember to press your SAP button for the Spanish show. <laughs> <laughs> We know that we have a very educated fan base, so we just assume that everyone speaks three languages like the three of us do. Um, also, Katie will be si. joining us shortly. See, si. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be the worst thing ever. Anyhow, um, okay, so we are recording right after the Jets uh, made um, made Chicago go home sad. Uh, the Jets beat Chicago 6-3, and uh, that was kind of fun. We'll, we'll just start with this game, and we'll work backwards. I'm sure we'll get to a lot of different points, but um, including uh, talking a little bit about Myers in a more positive light that we were just before we started recording. But 6-3, uh, boys, uh, were you a little bit nervous during this game? Were there por- uh, parts where you were uh, starting to wonder if we were going to uh, Jets it again, or what? Si, uh, senor. When it, <laughs> when it hit 2-0, I texted a couple people and said this game is over um and i actually thought that i think it ended up being three nothing shortly after that and everything was looking great and i almost shut it off and just went to bed for the night and then all of a sudden you know they came out and just kind of sat back a bit to start the second i'm not sure what they were thinking maybe that it was going to be an easy off night and they can just coast but uh, chicago jumped on them made it interesting and yeah, it was exciting to the end, and excited or um, happy I stayed up, and watched. Yeah, well, at one point I guess it was four three there, right? At some point in the the second, so starting to get a little little nervous energy for sure. To watching the Jets kind of take a nap, which they have kind of been known to do this year, but obviously their results have been uh, good overall. But uh, yeah, that's uh, one thing that you definitely like to see out of their game where they could play. You know, the I know it's a cliche, a full sixty minutes, right? Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Just they just couldn't uh, get the full sixty. I mean, Brassois let in probably two out of his three goals were not uh, not very good goals. So that's you know whatever backup goalie, and maybe he's regressing a little bit back to maybe what we should expect from him. Maybe he'll be a bit a little bit better than what we've seen from him in his history. But uh, just a slight worry worry spot. You know, you want to kind of be able to trust your backup goalie a little bit more than maybe we'll be able to trust him from now on after seeing those couple weak goals. Then again, he will get another start this week. So we'll see. Maybe it was just a one-off kind of off night with the whole team sagging about uh, through the second, through midway through the third period, I'd say. Yeah, you mentioned he's getting another game this week. I believe Maurice actually spoke to the game that he's going to get. So uh, he is going to be playing, I guess, Chicago again. Would that be? What uh, I would assume they're heading out to Chicago. Uh, they're playing Chicago on Friday night, I believe. So that would probably make sense after Hellebuck gets Edmonton on Thursday. So that 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 would that would just make sense in the flow of everything. Yeah, that that's what I'm 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 thinking too. Um, so now we're just gonna kind of move along here to just a bunch of things. We'll probably jump around quite a bit, but we were talking about uh, Myers a bit. Ryan, you you were saying that. Uh, Thought he's actually looked uh, not too bad and like a decent third pair defenseman. Maybe you could elaborate on your your thoughts about Myers' current game. You had a goal tonight. That was nice. Yeah, he's been playing a bit better. He's not getting caught and just making those um, silly plays where he just kind of stands still or or moves the wrong direction. He kind of seems like he knows where he's going right now. He's jumping up in the play when he needs to. Um, again, I said this before we hit record, which was I don't think he's playing good. I think he's playing less than or he's playing better than terrible. So a small improvement. I know it's just the last two or three games we've really started to see that. So 
who knows what's going to happen in the next two. I think we have to take it game by game with him. We can't just say he's fixed or it's a fluke. We'll see. Yeah. Well, and I, I mentioned too, I think he was the the person that had the unfortunate um, uh, unfortunate happenstance that he ended up being at the end of a lot of really ugly plays that either turn into goals or were very obvious ugly plays. Whereas, you know, you start watching some, some of the goals goals against and you go, well, maybe that one was on Trouba or that one was on Buff or that was on Morrissey. I think I talked about it actually last time we chatted together. I think me and you, uh, Ryan, and uh, also with Paul there, that, uh, yeah, he was... But I think some of that's been cleaned up a little bit. Uh, still a couple things tonight that were a little bit uh, goofy, but overall it's not hurting us as much as it looked like it did before. So um, I guess that's progression, but at the same time, it's kind of weird when you look for those silver linings in a player that's been in the league for, what, eight, nine, ten, ten years, and you go, oh, yeah, he's finally figuring out his position. It's, uh, <laughs> you know, it's... It's a little bit weird. You expect to be saying those things about young guys, right? As they kind of develop, and then once they're you know twenty three, twenty four, you're kind of thinking you know who they are by this time. So um, yeah, I guess good for him for sorting some of that stuff out. But honestly, uh, for the amount that he's making, and as long as he's been in the league, uh, he, he shouldn't be that much of a talking point, honestly, in a negative way, right? Yeah, we should expect go to expect the same thing from him each each night and that's obviously you want to expect good things or that he's playing good or well or whatever, not that we have to pin pinpoint every glaring mistake he makes. That's, that's the problem with Myers is some of the mistakes that he makes are just so bad that you have to notice it. You know what I mean? Like he makes that awful cross ice pass in his own zone that gets intercepted or he gets walked because he's covering the guy behind the net instead of the, puck carrier that's zooming in off the right wing or he uh picks the wrong guy to cover at the at the blue line on a on a penalty kill like that this is this is like basic stuff right that stuff that even people like us who barely played the game or like i i never played hockey in my life like i know ryan you had some hockey and stuff but that that's stuff that you know we'd probably be able to point out and say hey that was a very bad mistake like what are you doing right and that's something you don't want to see from a guy who's been around for 10 or 11 years you just want to see that kind of consistency of being at least knowing where you should be or who you're picking up right for sure so the last uh, couple games here besides the st louis we had the, the one nothing loss to st louis but just looking at the scores in december uh jets scored <laughs> four against new jersey they had four against the rangers uh they had three against the islanders then that uh one nothing loss to st louis i mentioned and then seven against they had a whole touchdown against Philadelphia, and then a touchdown without the convert tonight with six six goals. They uh, seem to be scoring at a pretty pretty good rate. Uh, who's impressed you with all this scoring? I mean, I, I'm gonna, just going to pause before I uh, let you answer here. Maybe I'll start with you, Ryan. But um, sometimes with these games where it's like the 7-1 game against Philadelphia, I mean, after the first three goals, the rest of those, the game's kind of, maybe not three goals, maybe the first four goals. It's kind of out of hand. I don't really put too much credence into the fifth, sixth, seventh goal when you're beating the snot out of a team. I mean, Tanev, uh, you know, made a nice play on the empty netter, but they're kind of meaningless goals, but it's nice to see the team scoring. But in all that scoring that we've been doing, which it seems to be a decent amount, um, they've been averaging two goals against a game, probably averaging three and a half, four a game in the month of December. Uh, who's impressed you the most with their, their scoring touch and, and getting on the score sheet? Maybe some people that haven't been on it for a while too. You, did you say you're starting with me? Did you? Yeah, I was starting with you. You know, <laughs> I you know I didn't watch the last two games before this one, but I'll, no, I'll I give didn't. It a I, don't, try. I don't remember that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, um, I think just going back to our decor, they're scoring a lot of goals. If you look to the Philadelphia game, um, Buffalo had one, Morrissey had one, Myers had one. Uh, getting that secondary scare secondary scoring sorry from your defensive core is very important um when maybe some of your forwards are starting to cool off we haven't seen a whole a whole lot from line a in the last few games but we're still able to put up seven goals a game i think we uh, against st louis that was a tough one um 
I believe it was one nothing again. I was gone, so I didn't even get to follow the game. But actually, yeah, now that you say no that, now I, do, now I do remember. You were out of town, away from all technology. That's right. Yes. All right. Um, sorry, <laughs> Daniel. How about you? You watched the games, Daniel. You pay attention. You weren't. I watched the backwoods yeah. without any technology available to you. <laughs> I was fortunate, actually. I got to catch most of the or the last period of the Philadelphia game, which is a rarity for me on a Sunday. Um, and then the St. Louis game, I was unfortunate enough to get to watch all that game. So it was, uh, you know, the like Ryan mentioned, the the defense scoring. I've just kind of taken a quick look back. And I think if you eliminate the one nothing St. Louis, because obviously no one scored in that game, and you go all the way back to the sh- first Chicago win, the 6-5 one at the end of November, a defenseman has scored at least one goal in each of those games. So that's, you know, that's kind of something you look for is uh, the D scoring. Sorry, uh Sorry, I made a mistake there. No, uh, no defenseman scored in the Rangers game, but uh, other than that, so you know, whatever that is, six out of six out of eight of their last games, a defenseman, at least one defenseman has scored a goal. So that's you know, the back end had been probably not producing on the goal front as much as you'd like to see. So it's good to see the guys, especially Truba, Morrissey, and Bufflin, get on there, and Myers as well. I mean, if he's not so great in his his own zone, at least produce something in the offensive zone, right? So that's something that he's been been able to do in the last uh, last couple of games a goal in uh, back-to-back games now and just want to say how about that uh, that that uh, play that line they made against Philadelphia to set up Myers that was a nice saucer pass between like three three Philadelphia Flyers to set Myers up on the doorstep and he basically had just a flick a flick over the goalies uh, over the goalies pad and in for that one and also line a, you know he's getting assists now so I guess uh, all around good good player passes and passes and snipes so that's that's something something that I like to see too probably an underrated part of his game i remember in uh, the first and second season people would kind of just talk about him shooting and shooting and scoring but uh, yeah he's he's a very good passer though he's got great vision he's uh, he's good at it, but we haven't seen as much of it this year but i mean when the goals are falling for you and everyone's just trying to set you up i guess you don't have to pass it back but uh, he can do it when when required. So he's uh, he's got some soft hands. Yeah. All right, guys. I told you I told you I didn't want to do much talking this episode, so I brought in reinforcements. Katie, welcome. Hello. There she is. How's it going? Good evening. Um, so uh, Daniel's doing the whole episode in Spanish. Katie and Ryan's doing the oh, whole yeah. thing in French. Um, so you and I will be the only English speakers. Um, so, uh, Katie, you, I know that you watched uh, the, the game tonight, and you generally know what's going on. Uh, it, where the Jets are sitting, they've, they've uh, done pretty well in the month of December. We'll just kind of hit you with a question right away. Um, are the Jets actually good? And if they are good, what are they good at? And what are they bad at by the advanced stats? You're, you're, you're good with the, the detailed stats. Tell us what we're doing right and what we're doing wrong. I mean, they kicked the snot out of two really bad teams here. But does that mean we're good? And oh, so full disclosure, I only watched part of the game tonight, actually. I was um, I was oh, out my. with some friends, and I think we were drinking more than we were watching, but I will try my best. Um, I'm going to be the uh, negative voice in the room. I don't, you know, they've been banking some points, and that's great. And, you know, that those will always come in handy later. But I don't think they're quite as good as they've looked these past few games. They've actually been kind of giving up more chances and definitely more quality chances than they've producing, been producing. So, I mean, the points are in the bank, but it would be really nice if we could see them kind of, I, I don't know, I've been saying it'd be nice if they could turn the corner for a while now, but I'm starting to wonder, you know, is this just uh, what this team is this year, kind of middle of the pack? or slightly below, uh, a little more dependent on finishing talent this year than they were um, on actual, like, uh, shot generation and high-quality chance generation. So, yeah, I'm not sure. I don't want to say they're good or bad. I think they're just kind of medium. Well, in the month of December, they're 5-1, and so that's pretty good. Like you said, they're they're banking those points. I mean, uh, in the standings, they're sitting second in the, what are they, second in the West or second in, at least in the Central. But... So I, I know, so from uh, the optics of it, it looks like they're really, really good. But what are the main issues that you see that plagues this team? Like, obviously, we uh, early on, we talked about the schedule, that they hadn't really played a very tough schedule. They've been beating up on some some uh, nobodies. 
and and I shouldn't say beating up. They've beat some nobodies. Uh, sometimes they should be beating up on them, and and they're a little bit closer than we'd like. But what what's really the biggest issue that uh, that you see with this team? That you know, on the standings standings wise, it seems like they're maybe pretty decent. Uh, to your point, actually, Sean Reynolds had a great tweet tonight. Um, the Jets have played more than 25% of their schedule to date against the bottom four teams in the league. So that's amazing. Yeah. And Sean Reynolds was quote tweeting a Jet centric tweet when he said that because he it was did? A joke about, yeah, it was a joke about uh, the Blackhawks, uh, but the B and the L were three and a one. So. You oh got you got to back him thirty first. So smart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, friend of the show, Sean Reynolds, uh, using our tweet to uh, bring uh, attention so, to himself. <laughs> I, literally, I literally didn't even notice that it was your tweet, guys. I wasn't like kind of low key trying to plug. I really didn't notice. Um, sorry, what was your question? Jesus. Well, it just uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, the Jets got forty points. I'm, I mean, I'm looking in the West right now. There's only. Uh, Nashville is ahead of them, but we have a game in hand, and uh, Calgary's ahead. I mean, theoretically, if the Jets win their next game, they're in first place in the whole Western Conference. So you're saying that they're middling, yet at the same time, by the stats uh, or by the standings, at least they look like they're better than they are. Now, is this an issue of um, it, there? There will be some sort of regression, and things will come back to down a little bit. Or is this a, a hockey-wide problem? We've we've commented before, either uh, on the podcast or just with each other, just in the chats and everything, uh, that hockey is kind of one of the slowest-moving sports as far as change goes. So do you have to be really elite? Do you have to really do everything well? Do you have to win shot-share battles when other teams continue to uh, bury good players or uh, continue to throw gritty players or, you know, mishandled <laughs> goalies. It almost feels like you don't have to be, uh, like to be elite in the NHL, you don't have to actually be that good because nobody behind you is pressing you that hard to be really, really good. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Um, I think, you know, just the nature of the sport, there's so much more room for, you know, the impact of luck in hockey versus any other sport. So that's why, you know, a team that, you know, produces more chances against and better quality chances against may only win um, like six times out of 10. So you, you don't necessarily always have to be the better team. But what we know is that teams that do kind of um, control the flow of play in that way win more often than not over the course of, say, an 82-game schedule. So it's really just a question of probability. Uh, No, they don't have to be, you know, kind of top of the league in those um, respects to be a great team. But at the same time, um, you know, they will – it'll be more likely that they'll – uh, be more successful if they kind of in if they kind of start trending more positively in that direction. Um, I think last year's team is the perfect example. They were, you know, flush with um, talent, shooting talent as they are now, but they also drove play, and it was a pretty deadly combination. Um, I I personally would like to see a little more that uh, of that out of this current team. I, I just you know, due to the personnel changes, the loss of Toby Enstrom, which I know we've waxed poetic about before. I don't, I just don't expect them to get to that same level this year. It'd be great if they did. I I don't expect it to happen, but I'd like to see them kind of, you know, pick it up just a little bit, especially, you know, given that these are the results coming against playing against some, you know, really uh, not so great competition for the first part of the year. I, um, I guess we'll see what happens, but you know, it's there's nothing wrong with uh, seeing a team that's doing well in some respects and kind of hoping that they can do better in some other areas. Right. Actually, I think that's a good point. Just kind of talking about the the way the other teams are and and how it is a bit closer because of puck luck, how you mentioned, which I think is probably one of the biggest reasons to invest, like as a fan, never mind as a team, but invest into um, sort of microstats and and uh, advanced a- analytics is because there's so much kind of nuance that can change things, right? Like so much in in the minutia of it. I mean, if uh, you know LeBron James when he's playing with the Cavs or whatever Golden State Warriors, they're gonna the best team is gonna beat the worst team 
10 out of 10 times. And if he's going to play 35 minutes versus 48 minutes, it's not really going to change the score that much because they're going to destroy them, right? So when it's there's so much kind of riding in the margins, right, between winning and losing, it feels like that's a great time to focus on as much minutia as you can and see if you could eke out any advantage you possibly can by personnel changes or uh, finding new chemistry with line mates or whatever it is. And that's where I think some fans that don't see the value in that really should because you can, and, and teams too, right? You can definitely, there's something to be, to be gained there. So I don't know. That's, that's my two cents with taking off what you said, Katie. Yeah, absolutely. Like hockey, as in all sports, um, it's an efficiency contest. So any little thing that you can do to give yourself a slight sliver of an edge, that'll improve your chances of winning. And it it may be all for naught. For example, um, you know, the Jets dominated the Golden Knights um, for most of that playoff series, but they got goalied and, you, you know, there was really nothing they could do, but they gave themselves a really good chance. I, I think that's really all you can do in a sport like this. And um, especially one of the advantages that um, paying attention to statistics gives you, uh, you can see some areas that maybe aren't, you know, super easy to see when you're watching the game. You can pick up on things like um, how well the team prevents shots against, for example, it's hard to see something that never takes place. So it, it gives an entire different complementary dimension, I guess, for me when I watch it. And then when I look at the numbers, it's not, it's never a question of looking at one or the other. It's how they kind of complement each other. That was a very long winded answer. Hey, don't even try and out long wind me, Katie. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a rambling question that lasts for five minutes. Oh, is um, that a challenge? <laughs> yeah, it's a challenge. Okay, Daniel, I'm going to move over to you. So coming up now uh, with the Jets, we got Edmonton on Thursday. We got Chicago Friday, and then we got Tampa Bay. Talking about some good teams, Katie. And we got Tampa Bay back in Winnipeg mm. on the 16th, on the next Sunday. Uh, then followed by L.A., San Jose, Vancouver, all away games, a little three-game road trip. Uh, Daniel, maybe you could speak to those teams and how they're doing and what maybe the Jets can uh, expect from them. You always seem to have your uh, ear to the ground on what's happening league-wide a little bit more than I do, that's for sure. So uh, any of these games, uh, trap games, or any teams we should really be worried about? I mean, obviously you want to win all those ones, but uh, historically and uh, just where those other teams are at, what, what are we looking at for the next, uh, what, week, or, week and a half? Yeah, so obviously they got Edmonton coming up on Thursday, like you mentioned, and they're currently winning uh, against Colorado, the team that are that's competing with the Jets for positioning right now early in the season here in the Central Division. They're beating them six-two, coming off uh, <clears throat> coming off a one-nothing victory and a seven-two victory over Minnesota, another Central Division team that the Jets are fighting, positioning, jockeying with, and. And that, so maybe Ken Hitchcock is uh, turning around in, in Edmonton or Connor McDavid just carrying carrying the team like he does. And obviously they're getting some good good goaltending out of Koskinen right now, which is somewhat of a shocker, I guess I'd say. A guy coming out of the KHL, you don't really know what to expect, I guess, when he gets over here. And also a goalie wearing number 19 is just, just odd and will baffle me forever, but that's uh, just just me. So that, you know, that, that'll be an interesting game, um, I think, to see how how Hitchcock has these Oilers playing. I haven't really watched the Oilers that much uh, since he's taken over. Uh, whatever is obviously the best player in the world. McDavid can win, can win a couple of games on his own. So that's a good game to watch. And of course they head out to Chicago right after playing Edmonton. So that's probably what I would say would be the trap game there. You play a really tough team at home and then you got to fly, fly out to Chicago to play the next, to play 24 hours later. So that's, that's probably the trap game out of all those. And then, and Tampa Bay right now, kicked, and a team that you just kicked the shit out of too, right? Well, yeah, and a team that you right? that you that you kind of partially dominated for about thirty six minutes of play or something yeah. funny like that. <laughs> I'm just going by the score line. I I, I did watch. Yeah, talk about the the flow of the game. Or just the saying, actual. Yeah, the actual. It was it was four nothing at one point. So yeah, yeah, you were it it was four nothing at one point in six three final. So they they did beat them pretty handily. I'd say just. As Jets fans, we tend to cringe a lot when the opposition scores a few goals. So that's just some some PTSD, especially from this season. Um, and then they got Tampa Bay on Sunday. P, P and P, P 
PS the PTSD is for Pavlik, right? Yeah, that's yeah, <laughs> Pavlik. That's the Pavlik. Pavlik traumatic, traumatic stress disorder. Yeah, traumatic yeah that's disorder. yeah, not yeah. <laughs> um, and then they got Tampa Bay, who's the top team in the uh, in the NHL right now. They're leading the the league in points by a significant margin, I believe. Uh, where they got right now a. Uh, 49 points in 32 games so that's that's pretty ridiculous so that's the best team in the nhl by a couple wins and uh in standings wise anyway and then they head out on one of those western conference or western uh west coast trips there la san jose and vancouver so those are always difficult games you know that so they they head out to to the west west coast trip there and that's a pretty difficult difficult stretch always as dennis bayak would say time zone effects are or whatever, and you know, and then they head into the Christmas break, so that's a good little break for for all the teams in the league at that point. So we'll just kind of leave it at that. I mean, they got no game is easy, and they are they're kind of in a nine and sixteen or something uh, in games played versus days. So that's you know, no rest time, no real time to practice or anything, which does does matter. Like practice does matter a little bit, and you got to just make adjustments. And you know, something that I actually wanted to bring up is just the. Going back to that one nothing loss against St. Louis last week, they had seven seven power play opportunities, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, and they were absolutely shut down with all of them. Obviously, is one nothing, but that's something that I've always wanted to see, especially now that we're in the second full year of that power play one. That that's that exact setup that they run now is something I want to see is an audible, on it, you know, maybe line A at the point or something, and Bufflin taking out that left half wall and. Shifling Connor switching or something like that and that's something that you obviously have to practice at and I don't know if that's an adjustment they'll make maybe later in the season but that's something that they should definitely look at because that cross ice pass the line as beautiful it is as it is always it's really not that difficult to defend especially if you don't run any motions or anything like that so I don't know if anyone else has any thoughts on that but that's something I was just uh, thinking of the last few days because I have nothing better to do apparently. Well, they they were they went 0 for 6 in the power play against St. Louis. But I will say this: this is why we lost that game. They were 38% in the faceoff circle. So we all know that if you win the faceoff battle, you clearly win more games, right? Yeah, and if you keep your stick on the ice, you win too. So keep your stick on the ice. Actually, I I, I make a joke, but maybe I'll just quickly explain for anyone who might be listening and why I'm making fun of faceoffs. The reason, and this is, comes from Garrett Hole telling me uh, things that I should know. Um, Gareth of the OHL. <laughs> Gareth of the OHL is uh, most of the time when you win a faceoff, the puck changes possession about you know a trillion times before a goal is scored. So most of the time, the faceoffs equal nothing. Obviously, winning a defensive faceoff when you're holding a lead with you know 14 seconds left, that's a little bit different. But most faceoffs uh, turn out to be mostly meaningless. Is that pretty fair? Yeah, but what happens in the first two, five, ten, twenty seconds after whatever the the breakdown is, and actually teams do do track that. That's something that's tracked. Maybe not teams specifically, but it is a stat that is available for the teams to use. Yeah, and and I think uh, the biggest thing about that too is to, then if it's um, if you win the faceoff and then lose the puck right after and then get it back or something, basically at that point all you're tracking is possession, and there's better stats for tracking possession than deciding who won a little stick battle, you know, in a condensed area with a ref in the way, right? So, yeah. <laughs> Katie, you sound like you're about to add something to that. Go for it. How did you know? <laughs> I, I heard you breathe. I heard you. <gasps> gasp. It was a gasp. Pick me, pick me. <laughs> go, Katie, go. Uh, okay. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you were psychic or something. Oh, I was just, I was just thinking, yeah, like, yeah, it's, a face-off is one puck battle in a series of many. It's just really fancy. There's like music and um, it's Guy also lifting something. his arm. Yeah. So I mean, it. I, I don't really get why you know there's so much attention paid to face-offs and not what happens immediately after the face-off. Same thing that you were gonna say. No, I think you said it better. Good job, Katie. Hey, Ryan, you've been kind of quiet out there. You didn't want to say too much, but. Uh... I think it's your turn to add something to the conversation about uh, the Winnipeg Jets of of the town of Winnipeg. Yeah. Through 29 games played this season and last season, we had 38 points in both situations. Oh. How about that? So That's we're no a Dennis Bayak level stat. Wow. Stat, stat drop. 
<laughs> well, how about this? So, Since we were talking about which goalie might start next game, Connor Hellebuck in his career has a .926 save percentage against the Blackhawks, but against Edmonton, it's a .895. Ooh. Ooh. And right. Brassois never played against Edmonton, so. Well, he's, he practiced against them a whole bunch, though. Yeah, it's true. He knows their shooters. There you go. See? Maybe he should get the Edmonton game. I like the way you're thinking there, Ryan. That's I all I have wearing, to add. Are they wearing the Aviator jerseys on, on Thursday? I think I saw that. Is that... Ugh. Still? Do they have a quota to meet? Yes. Yes. I think I... I'm pretty sure that I, I'm pretty sure I saw that they're wearing them again on Thursday. I could be mistaken. Maybe it's Sunday, but okay. I know that's... I know we 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 jump around here with topics all the time. But I'm gonna just say one thing about the Aviator jersey. It's fine if people like the Aviator jersey. Go ahead and like it. No one's gonna tell you you're not allowed to or anything. You're fine to like it. But I I don't know if I shared this already before on the podcast. My brother-in-law employs a couple young people who also have second jobs at Sportcheck and at River City. Okay, and his people or his employees that also have jobs at those places say that they have not had to reorder any aviator jerseys up to this point since initial stock came in. So that's okay if people like them, but let's not pretend like everybody likes them or that people are just hating, or it's like some sort of like, let's all decide to dislike them together. I think they're, they were a bit of a fail and most people see that. And if you like the things that are off the beaten path, that's fine. But uh, from a, a sales standpoint, they have definitely been a fail. And it's not because of a couple people on Twitter saying, oh, I hate these jerseys and making fun of them. So um, that's just the, the, the truth of the matter. So thought I'd share that. Insert, insert GIF of AJ holding a stick, beating a dead horse. <laughs> did I say that before already? Yes, you did. I, I <laughs> recall hearing that uh, on one of the episodes I listened to a long time, but... We wear them again December 29th versus Minnesota. Oh, so we're down. Okay, so I was mistaken. So a few weeks tonight. Off. Yeah. A few weeks. So right. Brassois will start that game if anyone's uh, just keeping track at home. <laughs> yeah. I believe Minnesota is actually one of the games, too, that we're wearing the Heritage uh, uh, jersey. I think we're wearing it twice this year. Is it one of them a Minnesota game? And It probably would be, yeah, just uh, travel schedules and taking two sets on the road and stuff like that would be. Yeah, I think they probably they happen, yeah. One away. I think they're playing a, a away one in Minnesota wearing it there. Actually, uh, no. interesting. No? They're, that they're wearing them. They're, no, sorry. They're wearing the Heritage on uh, December 31st in Edmonton. That's the that's the one well, road game. And then they're, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then it's in February against Minnesota. Minnesota or Chicago or something like that. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, irrelevant. Irrelevant. Okay. So let's get to what everyone wants to, to talk about. Um, Katie, I the know aviator you... jerseys. No, dude. Did I tell you about my brother-in-law? He's got some employees, and they have other jobs. <laughs> no, Katie, I think uh, you know because you're really into the advanced stats. I think you should talk about the reentry policy at the Bell MTS Center and tell us if it's working. <laughs> oh my God! What's the What's the fan break on that one? What is the reentry policy? I, I don't smoke, no so I never venture outside. It's it's no it's uh, there it's not a reentry it's policy. It's not no reentry at all, right? Yeah, it's no, an exit policy. That's what it is. Yeah. So. Okay. No, I think. Sure. Have you noticed the concourses being more uh, um, full of people? The bathroom lineup too long. Um. Actually, you know, the women's bathroom lines are never really that long anyway. Hate to tell you, I, I really don't have to wait. So no, I don't right. notice. All right, so it's the working. Key is to, the key is to sit in the last row, the 300 level, and just pee in your empty beer. <laughs> you put the can behind the last behind row. Your, seats, yeah, behind the last fine. row there, yeah. Yeah. I, and what section are you in again, Ryan? What section is that? <laughs> um, no comment. Uh, rotating sections, I believe. Yeah. All right, so we touched about the the... the, the December so far and uh, some of the games coming up and where the Jets are at, what they're playing. Is there any other topics of note that people want to talk about? Daniel, I was going to actually specifically ask you if there's anything about the Moose that you want to talk about, maybe their injuries and some of those guys maybe get to see some people you wouldn't normally get to see and some of those guys, when the heck are they going to be uninjured? 
Yeah, so pretty much a third of the Moose roster from the start of the season is either injured or up with the Jets right now. So that's something that's, you know, is whatever. It's part of the game and injuries happen. It just sucks when they all happen at the same time. And the Moose actually haven't been playing that horribly after dealing with all this. You look at guys like, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, like Sammy Nico obviously has been basically riding the press box for the last couple of weeks and the top top defender uh defender from last season is you know no longer with the with the moose and i doubt he'll ever end up going back i i don't know i guess maybe when joe morrow comes back they'll they'll reassign him to the moose so probably by the end of the month or so but then you look at guys you know tucker pullman's out right now with the concussion he hasn't played since the end of november same with jc lapon he has an upper body injury injury i'm doing air quotes right now <laughs> um you look seth griffith is also uh, lower lower body injury, sorry. And then they got a few other guys with concussions. So you, uh, Luke Green and Skylar McKenzie have concussions right now. And so that's actually, it's more, more closer to half the roster from the start of the season to now is unavailable to play for various reasons, whether they're up with the Jets. You look at Lemieux, Appleton, Niku, and then you got a whole bunch of injuries piling up there. And I mean, you know, what, what are you going to do? That's just life in the AHL and life in hockey in general. Um, and then you look, you know, at their upcoming schedule. They're they're back in town for uh, for six straight games now, heading up in through through December thirty first. So that's something to look forward to. If anyone wants to check out a game, I should be getting paid for plugging them like this. Mm-hmm. But uh, they're, they're they're just coming back fresh off a nice California road trip, so they got to enjoy some nice weather before they come back to frigid Winnipeg. They, uh, I think they played something like six straight games in California or something like. That that i'd have to have to double check that but you know they did all right considering it was california and some of those teams are a little tough tough to play against and you're in california so you probably want to be outside anyway especially for a lot of the younger the younger guys and some of the older guys too so they're playing all right right now and i'll just pull up the ahl standings to see where they're where they're sitting i think they're probably in the wild card area or so uh, no, they're actually in the bottom third of the conference, so that's probably ungood right now. But like I said, lots of adjustments from the start of the season and stuff like that. And they actually host the Calder Cup champion Toronto Marlies this weekend. So an all-Canadian one-anthem matchup in the AHL. It doesn't happen too often, especially in in, Man- in Winnipeg. So, yeah, Teddy Bear toss game on Saturday. That might too, actually just, uh, ends up... Oh, sorry, I was going to say it might end, up, might end up on Sportsnet then because they usually show a lot of Marlies. Games on there. I'm going to check right now. While, while Maybe talking, there, it is on. It is on uh, Facebook actually. The Friday night game or some. I saw some ad go by earlier for. It's on Facebook on Friday night or something. I the didn't know that was a, on Facebook. I didn't know that was a thing. They have Facebook TV now. I tech. I you know what I I'm 24 and I never heard of this before. So that's yeah. I don't know Facebook Watch or something. I got an email or I can't remember. Anyways, I'm just uh, rambling about technology now, so we should probably switch the subject to something. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> I, I said I wanted to talk about a couple or see if you guys had other subjects, but I did actually have a couple still in my mind. So, um, Katie, uh, I'm going to let you take uh, the Patan versus Lemieux uh, and also uh, Niku versus every other left-handed uh, defenseman not named Morrissey. Uh, where are we at with that? What's, what's going on? <laughs> In terms of like the results that they posted so far this season, or what would you well, like? Well, well, what what should happen there? What has been happening? Uh, do we see an end in sight to what is happening? Um, what do you predict uh, the coach is going to do? Well, I mean, it should come as no surprise to you guys. Um, I'm a giant Nick Patan fan. I know a lot of us are, but you know, he's he kind of had a tough go of it when he was in the lineup. Um, you know, when he was on that fourth line, they were doing very well. Uh, the Patan Roslovic pro fourth line specifically, uh, but they just weren't getting any of the bounces. They were, um, uh, but you know, if, as we've discussed before, if, if they had got some more playing time together, you would expect the results to, you know, eventually be there. They were putting together a lot of scoring chances and a lot of high quality scoring chances. It's sort of the polar opposite um, with Lemieux. He's been uh, the team's worst performer in terms of um, shot attempts and 
uh, expected goals. And he kind of just tanks that line whenever he's there, even to the point where um, Perot's results have been pretty bad when he's on that line. And I didn't think it was possible to make Perot <laughs> bad. So kudos to Brendan Lemieux because that's, that's kind of crazy. Um, but do, do I see any change anytime soon? No. Uh, you know, Paul Maurice has kind of shown that um, he will, he, you know, the actual measurable results don't really matter to him. He either really likes something about Brendan Lemieux or he really hates something about Nick Patan or both. I think um, Mason Appleton as well has acquitted himself pretty well in the time that he's been up here. So I can't, especially, you know, once we get um, more players coming back healthy, uh, Andrew Kopp, once he recovers from his concussion, I, you know, I would assume Lemieux would come out of the lineup and then, you know, I highly doubt we're going to see Nick Patan unless injuries really, really force Maurice's hands. So, yeah. I I think actually Appleton comes out when Cop uh, no. gets back right now. I oh, that's oh, that's kidding. where I'm that's just where I'm leaning just as you mentioned Paul Maurice and Grit and all that fun stuff, right? So, uh. that that's just my that's just my thought and I just I had actually touched on it just before we hit record even with the Jets up for nothing at a point uh tonight, the fourth line had 6 640 of ice time. That's it throughout the entire game, so that's just a whatever random stat and even against Philadelphia I guess they had about 10 minutes and that was a 7-1 game so I mean they probably should have had closer to 12 but I know it doesn't really matter you know in the end but this is the time you know maybe you want to get get them out there when they are up like 7-1 maybe they should be playing more than even 10 minutes like they played on on Sunday and I know tonight's game flow was super super weird so I won't look too much into that but Sunday they should have probably played more, even more than they did, and that's just I'm just going off on a little tangent there. But oh, that would make sense. Yeah, that would be nice. I don't like, know. To, like you know, just just my opinion is just you know maybe don't give Wheeler how many minutes did Wheeler have on Sunday? I'm just gonna look into that. He had oh he had 17. So the lines were spread out a little more, but they could have spread it out even more at seven one. Like just that's just my thought on that. Like you know maybe give everyone like they had a lot of power plays too i guess on sunday and stuff but they were up five one six one like just staple wheeler and shifley to the bench at that point is my opinion just get them rested you don't want to absolutely murder these guys when you don't have to and obviously that's just me talking but well you know what i i would say that he probably did because looking at just the the fourth line their minutes stapling you know shifley and wheeler to the bench does look like 17 minutes and the, those extra minutes going to that that third, not so much third line. They always kind of get their minutes, but that fourth line. And so there's your three minute swing. Instead of them playing six or seven minutes, they were playing ten minutes. And that that was his version of them, you know, getting more ice time is just getting to ten minutes, pretty much, right? Because yeah, they, that's, they have been that's getting right, close yeah. to that, right? So I'd say he did do that, but I I think you're saying to push it probably a little bit more. Although the ice time on Sunday with them winning seven one was very very well spread out if that was just a normal game not just a game where you kick the snot out of someone that would be some nice times for a lot of players so if they could run that in a game that's finishes 3-1 or 2-1 or something that's that's pretty much close to ideal and i'm sure katie can speak on that too yeah that would be really nice um i think i went on a rant about this in a podcast past about how you know if they if they keep on dogging those three lines especially the shifley wheeler um, Ehlers it is now line like they're, they're just going to be exhausted at the end of 82 games so it, all, all these things make sense and but I, I you know Maurice hasn't given much usage to the fourth line regardless of who's been on it even when the team's been completely healthy uh, you know they haven't you know, they haven't had very many minutes so I don't see that changing anytime soon yeah, tonight tonight they had six and a half minutes. Uh, wow, six and a half to six forty six, six thirty seven to six forty six. So it's pretty, 
kept them all within what is that nine seconds of each other that's that's that's, that's still imp- but, impressive uh, that's still you're up six three you, or well i mean they won six three we know there's an empty netter but yeah maybe yeah had a bit more it time. was four nothing at one point that's what i was getting at like it wasn't that's like it true, was yeah. a back and forth it was four nothing and then they kind of chipped away at it so that like the game flow tonight was slightly awkward yeah. in that sense but i mean they probably still should have had closer to at least eight eight or nine when even before it got tight like it was four two for a fair amount of time as well yeah well i think i think what happened was they got up four nothing and then he played the fourth line for a six and a half minute long shift and then they gave up three goals and then he took them off for the rest of the game that's <laughs> that sounds about that sounds about right yeah that's that was ridiculous <laughs> and actually i got i got on uh, on sunday's game uh against Philly there when it was I think it was 6-1 or 7-1 at this point maybe it was before the little power play goal um they had the five minute the five minute major I, I guess or was that at the start of the third period or whatever but uh yeah that was what was just before the little power play goal and the five minute major just after that they actually rolled out Appleton Roslovic and I didn't get to see the third winger because they went offside but they he actually gave them or tried to give them some power play time so that was that was fun too bad they didn't actually get a chance with it because they went offside and he threw out the Shifley line right after that. But anyways, that would have been nice to see a, a third power play. You didn't get, get some ice, get a different look out there. That was just something I noticed and I was excited to see Appleton on the power play. That's that's all because he actually dominated on the power play last year in the AHL. So it would be good to see it translate maybe to potentially later on in the NHL get a quick glimpse into the future, but we didn't get to see that. Well, Daniel, <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say the Patan Roslovic um, Appleton line also dominated. It even strengthened the 11 0 0 and 1 I when know. they played together. Incredible. And I goals and assists. And to try. Yeah, just that put was. There, you know? Yeah, that's. Yeah, hey, uh, so Dan, you you made uh, Katie very sad, and I I'm I'm, with, <laughs> I'm sure right too when you said that if cop come to Kate now, so we're gonna do a prediction time here. So um, Daniel, you said it, assuming all the other forwards are still healthy, cop comes back, whatever. Let's say he comes back next game or in two games from now, and you said that you think Appleton comes out of the lineup. I I'd never thought of that, um, and now I'm I'm mad at you. And, uh, <laughs> but so let's go around here between the four of us. Who comes out when Cock comes back in, assuming all the other forwards are healthy? So Daniel votes for Appleton, not because he doesn't want him to come out, but uh, Katie, knowing this coach and knowing his history, what do you think? Uh, I think it's kind of like when you come home and you found out that your dog destroyed another one in a pair of your shoes again. Like you're just, you're disappointed, but you're not surprised. I, yeah. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be terribly surprised if, uh, um, Appleton came out and Maurice kept Lemieux in, but I would be very, very disappointed. Right. Okay. <laughs> That's so, a good way to so, put it. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. So you're not making an actual prediction. You're just sharing the, your feeling about the whole idea. Yeah. So Katie is abstaining from voting. Okay. So we should have an even vote here. So Ryan, you're still with us. Uh, you vote who comes out. Go. So to use Katie's analogy, I actually think it's more like your dog got into a bottle of X-Lax, ate a bag of flaming hot Doritos, and took a crap right on your pillow. Because Appleton's going to be removed from the lineup in favor of Cop. All right. Yeah, yeah, okay. Okay. That I'm was really uh, graphic. I'm going to go with. Um, <laughs> gonna, I'll I'll go the other way and I'll say Brandon Lemieux comes out of the lineup. Um, yeah, that's that's my my not so hot take because uh, I think a lot of people probably assume that until Daniel put the terrible idea in people's minds. If but, if it well, happens, it's because Maurice listens to the podcast and he liked my my idea. Yeah, <laughs> I, like, I, I do apologize. Like this guy thinks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so if I'm not on the podcast ever again, it's because I'm actually working in the Jets uh, somewhere. That's because we're killing you. That's why. <laughs> yeah. That's, <laughs> <laughs> That's why. Okay, uh, there one I more. Lock, lock the doors tonight. Jesus Christ. And where you live too, Daniel. Anyhow, uh, we made predictions, Katie. Before uh, we there was a bowling uh, event, and uh, we all made predictions about how many goals Liney's going to score this year. I wanted to add you and Ryan to the prediction list. Um, I'll tell you the numbers that are taken right now. So just don't take the same number because that would sound okay. silly. Okay. Um, so uh, how many goals Liney going to score this year? Daniel's got forty-seven. 
Uh, Roddy's got 55. Uh, Daniel's uh, girlfriend, Sylvie, has 50. They're living together in sin. Uh, Steve has 39. Uh, Red, Red has uh, 48. Uh, C-Max got 41, and I have 42. So uh, Katie and Ryan, uh, well, ladies first, uh, what's your prediction? Oh, did, did you say 51? Was that taken? No, it, it was not. I claim 51. Okay. I down. believe in line A. He can do it. And Ryan, what do you what do you think? In honor of the hashtag extend Myers campaign, I'm gonna say fifty-seven goals. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know what? I only say that because I was actually gonna say fifty-one and then Katie did. So Ryan, why can't I find you on the Twitter machine here? Okay, there we go. So you're going with fifty-seven? Sure. Yeah, you can take 57. All right. Hey, actually, uh, just talking about goals here uh, in Tampa Bay coming up. I don't know if you guys heard me chatting with – who was I talking to the other day? Um, <laughs> I don't remember. And, uh, off the top of my head, I, I don't know if it was an interview that came out yet or, or not. Oh, it was uh, with um, – Ken Weeb. Yeah, that's right. So, Ryan, you remember this. What milestone did Steve Stamkos hit well in Winnipeg? 60. 60, 60 goals. goals. I was at the game. Right. I was at the game, and it was, I think it was in row seven behind the bench. Yeah, everybody and cheered and gave him a standing ovation for it that. Was, it was a cool one. I, it was a it was great cool. game. I enjoyed it. I believe Yager had some uh, milestone that he, he got in Winnipeg, too, but I don't remember what it was. But I think Crosby actually got, what was his, 1,000th point or something yeah. against Winnipeg, too? Yeah, Yager Every... was his, was the, took over the assist lead or something funny against the Jets like that or the secondary power play points or something like that yeah yeah there's if, a, if, if, if a guy needs a milestone and is playing the Jets soon he's gonna get it against the Jets <laughs> yeah, now we can predict exactly who's who's uh, scoring or getting assists in the, the games coming up right, we'll give uh, you know McDavid is 250th goal or something like that <laughs> okay random random trivia Sidney Crosby yeah. got his 1000th assist or 1,000th point against the Winnipeg Jets on an assist on a goal scored by who? He was it playing in the game tonight, actually. August 7th. Yeah, but who scored the goal? He played tonight. Oh, uh, who scored the goal? Played tonight against the Jets? Yeah. So somebody who played in Pittsburgh is on Chicago now. Yep. Cam Ward. I got, I got nothing. <laughs> it's Chris Kunitz. Chris Kunitz. Kunitz. Yeah. Uh, Kunitz. Olympian. Olympian. Chris Kunitz. <laughs> yeah, who does not have a goal this year in 21 games. He's 39 years old. Hang him up. Ooh. Yeah, that's uh, not good. Just a reminder okay. that Cam Ward is 34 years old. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Daniel. Yeah. Um, I believe uh, Michael Spotcheck just back to the moose. I know this is, I like doing this, bouncing around with all these topics. But I believe he has one goal this season, Daniel, in like 25 games. Does that sound about right? Michael That's, Spotcheck with one that goal? Sounds, that sounds right, but I think he's piling up the assists, if I'm uh, not mistaken. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's got some those. He's yeah. doing the Wheeler, the Wheeler route. He's taking the Wheeler. Yeah, he's actually trying to replace Wheeler in a few years. He has a right-handed shot, so he looked nice on that half wall there, feeding into line A, right? Uh, let's see. I have many right, right-handed uh, uh, wingers. We need to add yeah. more. Spot check. Yeah, a goal in uh, 14 assists in 23 games. That's Wow, that's shocking, actually. He's more of a goal scorer, you'd think, but I guess he's been practicing those assists, practicing the passes. Well, maybe he's one of those guys that relied heavily on, uh, you know, Oslovic, Appleton. Well, he uh, was on the first unit with those course. guys on there. Yeah. He was on the first unit playing in the line A spot with... Uh, with those guys, so that probably does have an effect on it. Yeah, well, I mean, Patan's through the leg pass last year. That was uh, that was two spot check right on the power play. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's right. Yeah. Yeah. CJC says eight goals. Not bad. Yes, very nice. Do any of you guys get to uh, watch the moose on a regular basis? Daniel invented watching the moose. Oh yeah, I used to say, you know, say Daniel hasn't attended more games than most Moose players because because <laughs> uh, the the lineup is so fluid, right? Guys are always coming and going, and then Daniel was pretty much at every home game for the last three or four years up yeah. until this year. So before this season, I was at 
most games. Yeah. It's, 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 uh, you know, I miss it, but it was getting very not cheap. So. And the reason Katie asked is because she wants to know about Logan Stanley. That's uh, yes, absolutely. He's having a decent season. Actually, kind of. I wanted to know um, if you know, other than Sami Niku before he got called up, if there are any kind of standout um, defense prospects. I don't get a chance to watch many of the games. I only got to one this year, so. Uh, I'd say no, Cameron Schilling. That's. Oh well, that <laughs> but... doesn't count. <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, I get you know what one thing I was actually surprised at when they did call up Schilling that when they did they when they were forced their hand was forced is that they actually didn't call up Stanley that told me something I'm not exactly sure what it told me because they were both healthy at the same time Schilling and Stanley and you think they'd want the prospect I'm using air quotes to get into the NHL games when they can and especially when they need them so I'm not exactly sure what that means and if they want Logan Stanley playing the 20 plus 25 whatever minutes, why don't they want Sammy Niku playing the 25 plus minutes? And why is he in the press box for most games? That's just something that actually, it kind of shocked me when they did that. Like Schilling had only played a handful of NHL games in his career at the age of 30, right? He's up to, he probably doubled that in the time that he spent with the Jets this season. And I was just kind of surprised that they didn't call up Stanley in that situation. So I just, I don't know how to feel about that. And it's just something that's kind of been, kind of bugged me at the time that they did that. Like, why are they giving Stanley all this time and DQ sitting upstairs? It's just kind of, kind of confusing. That's all. Well, yeah, and they called, up, they called up Noje as well. And so Noje as well. Yeah. And Noje as well. Yeah. And he did get in a game actually, or a game or two or whatever. So that's two guys that they called up ahead of Stanley and after DQ with uh, Tucker Poolman being hurt as well, who would be the call-up ahead of Stanley, I believe, and, and Schilling and Noche. But that's just something, just an interesting, just interesting, I guess, they want, obviously want, they want to spend the time on Logan Stanley. And are they admitting that playing in the game is important now, but only with certain players? Is that kind of where we're at? And just something to, to think about, I don't know. Noche also had a handful of NHL games, like before yeah, as well. He had played 10, 10 NHL games, so again, not significant amount of experience. And obviously, Noje did miss most of last year with a very serious shoulder injury, so he didn't have the opportunity to be called up. And I'm not sure if he would have had to have been with where the Jets were last year. But yeah, so you call up two guys that have 20-ish NHL games between over your top first-round draft pick prospect dude, right? So it's just, what, what exactly does that mean? I, I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. That's kind of expected, though. As soon as you say kind of veteran experience or NHL experience, that's sort of right up Maurice's alley, though, right? So I I get what you're saying, Daniel, that they might want to kind of take a look at him. But, um, I mean, Niku is the future. He's going to be part of the team. He may not even go back down this year. Uh, we'll, We'll see. Hopefully he goes back down from the press box to the ice, but he might not go down to the, the moose again. Real, realistically, we'll, we'll see what happens, obviously, with injuries. But um, I don't think uh, Maurice is prepared, or even the organization, to say Logan Stanley will be an NHLer on this team. Whereas those other guys, because they had that experience, that's that's more valuable to him. And, and you know, the, at that level, when you're talking about, you know, pulling from your ninth, 10th on the depth chart, I mean, I don't know if there's going to be that much of an argument over this guy over the versus that guy, right, compared to right now looking at Sammy Niku, who is probably the Jets' fourth, fifth best defenseman in the whole system uh, sitting up in the press box. That's where it's a bit more problematic. When you get down, you know, Schilling, Noje over Stanley, it's uh, not nearly as important. And I think his argument where he's more into vets probably is a bit more acceptable to, to me, at least, at that time. So, Yeah, that's you're, you're, you're probably right. It was just something that, it was kind of like I was just kind of shocked at that because they say, you know, I, it's just a weird culture thing that's been developed in, I, in, in the Jets system. I, I just the, the handling of young players and how they handle certain guys versus others. It was just just an interesting fact that I happened to think about. Like, I don't know, I guess they want to Stanley play. Uh, yeah, because actually when they had brought up Noje, it was just for an emergency. So that that's the one time where you bring up maybe a guy lower on the depth chart is in an emergency. But the shilling call up kind of had me. That's that's where I was kind of yeah thrown through a loop there because the, the Noje one is Morrissey wasn't feeling well, so we had to get in there 
especially playing on the East Coast and the Moose were in California. So you have to bring someone. And it just, that's the emergency. You kind of go a little deeper in the depth chart if you don't actually expect them to play, even though he did end up playing. But it was just a interesting little tidbit there. If none of our listeners had actually thought thought fully about that. How has Luke Green looked in limited action? In his limited action, and he's actually one of the guys, as I mentioned earlier, with the concussion. Um, he's been, I guess, okay. The usage in the AHL is always hard to tell. The it's The stats aren't readily available as they are in say the nhl and stuff so it's kind of it's kind of hard to judge how a guy's doing because it's just not all there but he has played 11 games he's popped a goal and two assists in those games so you know it's getting a little bit of a power play time i'd assume so it's you know he's he's playing and that's the guy you want to see out there but it's just the concussion it's a concussion right so it's kind of hard to see you exactly you, you don't really know when he's at a full 100 percent and only playing 11 games and the moose have played close to 30 i'd say by now mid mid 20s probably in games played so you want to see him out there but obviously the health is the most important thing yeah you know that was kind like, of a that was sorry, kind of a no answer but yeah go go ahead <laughs> i was just uh, looking at the stats for the moose here one notable thing here is uh, Eric Comrie's played 16 games and he doesn't have a single point yet. So I'm a little bit concerned. I mean, a lot of people are high on, on Eric Comrie, but I mean, no goals, no assists at all after 16 Just zeros, games. So. Zero straight along the stat line. Like it's literally. Unacceptable. Yeah. Zero. I mean, his plus minus is zero, so I guess that's okay. But uh, <laughs> for those Very stats. concerning. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Burden can at least score. Right. Yeah, so, Burden can. True. Yeah, if you, when you need him to score, he's good. He's good for one one a year, I'd say. Yeah. So, I don't know. Jets Jets probably need he's to also, take a look at. Oh, he's also good for one like fancy dance per year as well when he scores a goal. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's hand in hand. You get a good good goal and a good dance at the same time. That's that's great. And actually, I'll just point out, Burden has actually, from what I've seen and and heard, he's actually been doing okay in his. And his appearances that he's made, he's, uh, I think he's started five games or appeared in five games at least. He's rocking an okay 936 save percentage and two and a third goals against. So that's that's good to see, you know, because I think Comrie's chances at the NHL are pretty much washed by now. And again, like his goals against this season and the high twos, that 284 and his save percentage is a, a not too flattering 916. So you know, was, I know obviously the defense has been rotating, as I mentioned earlier, but if, if Burden's able to put up a, a 9.36 or whatever in a small, I know it's a small sample size, but, you know, maybe Burden has a brighter future ahead of him than uh, Eric Comrie, especially with the Jets. Seems fair. Seems a fair that, assessment. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what I'm here for, is just fair assessments. Yeah, that's what the we Moose call it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Fair assessment, uh, last name. <laughs> the moose have also let in four anti net goals uh, against this year so that's something they just gotta gotta work on protecting those i don't know why lives. they keep playing that that empty net guy yeah like he's you know in his 20 minutes he's letting four goals i think they should just send him to the echl at this point uh, i mean that's that's not a good good rate <laughs> <laughs> anyhow i think we're done with the moose i think we kind of touched on a bunch of stuff there uh, back to any jet stuff, Ryan. You're kind of uh, whispering in the uh, the corner there. Um, well, you're not really whispering. I'm just curious if you're whispering, Ryan. Uh, do you have anything you'd like to add or a topic you'd like to discuss? Or are we getting pretty long in the tooth here? The only Jets goaltender to ever play on his birthday <laughs> was Laurent Brassois on March 23rd, 2017. It wasn't a Jet. No, well, out of I mean, out of Hellebuck and Brassois, Oilers were down four two. He came in to start the third. Oilers score five straight. They win seven four. He doesn't let in a goal. Random stat. Let's wrap this up because I need to go to bed and I also need to edit and post this before I go to bed. I don't know. I think you're probably good for one more random stat. And 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 work that into work that into the nightly hashtag too. Well, uh, Logan Shaw, by the way, has. Uh, 11 goals and 8 assists. He's got 19 points in 19 games. What a shooting percentage that must be. 
Not 19 not a... games, but 11 goals in 19, yeah. But he's had yeah, uh, he's had two hat-tricks, I believe. Two right? hatties, yeah, on the California trip there. Yeah, that's... yeah so that inflates the numbers. I don't trust anyone who gets a hat-trick. Yeah, only five, five <laughs> goals. Five goals are bust. Yeah. <laughs> Five-trick line A. Okay, Ryan, you got one more uh, uh, fancy stat for us? We'll call them fancy. No, no, we're just going to go straight to the hashtag. Okay, well, hold on. Okay, one more thing. Daniel, uh, Marco Dano, is he injured too? He's played four games. He got four assists. Um, yeah, he got, uh, he got his face pounded and got a fight yeah. and got beat up pretty bad from what I uh, read online on the California trip there and yeah they got in a, a really dirty dirty game and he decided he's a fighter now and got dropped was it with Chase DeLeo they're about the same size no it wasn't it wasn't DeLeo I, they didn't play DeLeo's team actually on this trip did they yeah he got called uh, up recently uh, again I believe too he's been up and down I think twice but, did he get, uh, oh wow That's, I think he's been yeah, with good, Bucks good for, for him, a couple yeah. of Couple yeah. good paychecks there. Yeah. Okay, Ryan. No more fancy stats. Just hit 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 it with a hashtag. We're gonna go back to 2011-2012, Winnipeg Jets. This player <laughs> played one game for the Jets and three games in his entire career in the NHL. Okay, hold on. Can we name him? Okay. Don't Giver. don't say it. In December of the, the first season. Katie. Mm-hmm. He played one game in December of the first season. How the uh, hell would I know that? No, November. Archers, November. Archers, Archers Kulda. Uh, is actually a goalie. Sorry, uh, Peter Menino. Peter Menino. Peter Menino, yeah. Is that his name? Yeah. He played, <laughs> he played six half games game. in the show, and he played half a game with the Jets. Or 20 minutes. He played a period with the Jets. Yeah, I think they got smoked that night. I, I don't know why I remember that. But... He did not allow a goal against. He saved four shots that he faced. Best save percentage in Jets history right there. I think Peter Menino is part of the Florida Panthers uh, organization now, if I'm not mistaken. He was in a game where they gave up seven or eight goals the other day. and uh, But he got... He had some stat or something that was interesting. Or no, Tampa Bay. Oh, fun Tampa. fact, Eddie Pasquale got his first oh, NHL start the other day. Yeah, he was playing in Syracuse. That's that's where you were going on that. Yeah, Yeah, Menino oh. hasn't played in years. He's oh, he's, done. Okay. He's, a, he's He's a coach now in the rest in, NC. Rest in peace and peace <laughs> in his career. <laughs> so hashtag, hashtag Menino, M-A-N-N-I-N-O. That's our yeah, hashtag was, if you're still listening. <laughs> Nobody's listening. We're listening. Please to tell me up. no one's listening. Um, yeah, Daniel, you're right. It was Pasquale. I was thinking of, but he had yeah, some... and he actually won in a in a shootout on uh, last week there against Detroit in his first and only uh, NHL game for Edward Pasquale. But yeah, let's uh, let's let's wrap this up. This is getting very uh, interesting. All right, <laughs> um, that's it for the roundtable. Uh, come back on Thursday where you will hear when the Jets play the Oilers. I'll release it in the morning. Um, you could hear me interview Grant Pure. Uh, you may have heard of him. Uh, so that was pretty cool. I was really excited about that. Really nervous. But uh, I gave a little sneak peek. Listen to uh, Scott Campbell. And he said it was really good. So that was nice, especially coming from him because Scott's like literally the best. So um, for him to say that uh, felt, felt pretty good. So when it comes out, I'm, Ryan, have you listened to it already or no? I have not, no. I'm okay. going to wait until it's released. I want it to be a surprise. All right. So, yeah, I did it, uh, I think, on Thursday or Friday last week. So that will come out with the Oilers, so that uh, would make sense. So definitely go listen to that and tell your friends about the, this episode. And uh, that's it. That's. Uh, I don't have anything else to say, so I'm going to shut up. And you, you can end it, Ryan, Katie, or Daniel. You got anything? Nothing? Gracias. There, there you go. Merci. Okay. okay, that's it. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.